All right, before you sit down and get all quiet and everything else, all of y'all were sitting there. Just look at your neighbor and say, I tried. All right, that's good enough. I'll leave you alone. Luke chapter 24, let's go. I'm on an assignment this morning. I don't think I have a sermon. I don't think I have a message. I think I have an assignment. And uh, yes, this does have to do with Jesus raising from the dead and it does have to do with your Easter expectations. I'm so glad I met them this morning. I'll sleep better tonight, hopefully. I was real worried that I wasn't going to meet your expectations today on Easter. Um, it's hard being a pastor during the holidays because everybody has got this thing set in their mind of, I'll go to Christmas because it's going to be about Christmas. I'll go Easter. It's going to be about Easter. I'll go December 31st because this going to be about New Year's Day and well, I'm not that guy, but so I struggle sometimes, all the time. But if you've got your Bibles, let's go to Luke chapter 24, starting at verse 1. Now, this is going to be kind of short. I'm just going to read the 12 verses. If you don't want to hear me read, why don't you read with me? Now, on the first day of the week, I forgot to ask if he was ready. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body or the Lord Jesus. And it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this, that, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments then as they were afraid, and, and this is where you click, bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, y'all give him a break this morning, leave him alone. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but he's risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again and they remembered his words then they returned to the tomb and told all these things from the tomb sorry and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest it was Mary Magdalene Joanna Mary the mother of James and the other women with them, who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to be like idle tales. And they did not believe them. Sometimes you have to see it for your own eyes, don't you? But Peter arose. I love this guy. Same guy that cusses one time, he the first one run to the tomb. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb, and stooping down, he saw the linen clothes lying by themselves. And he departed, marveling to himself at what had happened. You know, there's, I don't want to, I don't want to beat these people up very much. Because as I sat and considered this text and thought about everything that had been going on in their lives up to this point, it would have been a tragedy. 
um, you have to remember the, these people have been with Jesus now for, for several years and they've been listening to his teachings. They've, they've watched in amazement. They've been around. They've been building a relationship. Have you ever built a relationship with someone and you woke up and I'll finish it for you. They were gone. Have you ever put your time and your effort, your belief, your heart, your mind, everything about you, you put it all into this pretty little gift and you was dealing with a relationship to find out that that relationship was no longer. Have you ever been there? Anybody other than me? See, I have fought for relationships, fought for relationships that shouldn't have been and still tried to make them. I don't guess any of y'all have ever tried that. Y'all are much better than I. You know, they were used to, they were used to seeing Jesus when they needed to. They, they were used to having Jesus around when they needed him. They were used to, to seeing him in the form in which he was. We're going we're gonna to take a little trip this morning. Because I wonder how many of us have run back to empty tombs expecting one thing and finding something else. Have you, ever, have you ever gone back to something? Have you ever went somewhere expect? Have you ever went to church expecting only to come up empty? Surely it doesn't happen here. Joking. But have you ever went for something, hoping, wishing, anticipating, expecting, and when you get there, you find yourself coming up empty? Now, I'm sure this isn't going to be for everybody sitting in here this morning because everybody hasn't had a life like I've had. So some of you have, you think your life is full now. Anybody? I mean, even though that Christ died for us and he rose again so that our life would be full, we still experience this emptiness about us. We'll go to church on Sunday. We'll even go on Easter. And we expect something. And we go home. Oh, our emotion might have been driven for 30 minutes. And we got excited for a moment. But when we left, reality came back the way it was before I got to church. And I find myself again coming up empty. I really expected to be full. After all, it was Easter Sunday. It was Resurrection Day. And I leave the building with other believers, other like-minded people, and I find myself in the midst of life again, coming up empty. Can't put my finger on it. I've tried. See, I'm, talking, I'm preaching to me this morning because I've tried. I've tried. God, why? Why do I do everything that I do? Why, 
Why do I still find myself coming up empty? (laughs) Ecclesiastes would put it like this, vanity. Their relationship consisted of, of watching Jesus perform miracle after miracle. Have you ever gotten to a point that you see someone doing something and you expect them to do it again? You see, first he turned water into wine. Let's just go through a little little list. I ain't going to go through every one of them, so don't judge me later and go, you were, whatever. He turned water into wine. He wants to open the blind eyes of man by touching him. He healed a leper. Another time he raised the girl from the dead by speaking to her. Another by grabbing her hand. And another by speaking. Remember when he spoke a word and he healed the servant? When he said that I don't need to be there, I'll just send a word. And he sent the word. Remember how the time that the woman came and the woman reached out and touched him and she was healed? How about the time that he fed the 5,000 with just two fish and five loaves? Man, can you imagine this relationship that was building between the disciples, his believers, the Christ followers? I don't want to say Christians. I want to say the ones that were after him. Because Christians, well, never mind. But they were building this relationship and they they began just like you and I. So don't cast judgment. They just like you and I, they were building a relationship based upon the things that they saw him do. Was he there when they needed him? Was he able to do what they needed? All of this was building. And he even told them three days, I'll rise. But see, they stood and watched this one that they... They so dearly admired, they watched this one die on a cross. Surely, all hope is lost. Have you ever found yourself in a situation to where when when you thought it was over, it was just over? Did you ever once consider that God could mend? Did you ever once thank God for being able to restore the possibilities of the impossible, when things walked away, when she walked away, when he walked away, when the job left, when the house burnt down. I mean, whatever the situation, when you was diagnosed with sickness, and you're going, well, surely it's over now. See, I can understand how they must have felt. And you should too, because there's times that you will go back To the very place that you last experienced God 
for the sole intention of experiencing God again. Maybe, maybe there was a hope that she was going to see the man that once was. And to her dismay, she gets questioned. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Can I ask you a question this morning? Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Can you just walk with me just for a second? Let's talk about this. See, we want a relationship with Jesus. And I'm sure every person in here wants a relationship with Jesus. The problem with us gaining that relationship, it becomes limited. This is going to challenge this morning. It becomes limited to our understanding of who he is. You see, if we see Jesus turn water into wine, we expect that the next time. Come on, we're all creatures of habit. See, we... We expect, even though, and I sat and looked at this, and I said, but God, wait a minute. You didn't do this to them the same way. I mean, you spoke a healing one time. You touched a healing another. You turned water into wine. You walked on water. You, everything that you've done, you've done it differently every time. Basically telling them that, listen, don't look for me in the familiarities of the past. But open yourself up to the newness of life. But aren't we such creatures of habit? Listen, I'm not going to pick on you, but I'm I'm coming into your kitchen this morning. Because I want to shake some things up. I want to put my hand in your soup. When I say that we go to the familiarities to find Christ... Listen, I'm not, I'm not downing. There was a time that I went to an altar and I found Jesus. And I remember it. Because it changed my life forever. It wasn't the invitation from a pastor. It wasn't the lights cut low. It wasn't smoke machines roaring. It wasn't laser lights happening. It wasn't mood music going on. It I went and met Jesus at an altar, and I remember it specifically because it changed my life forever. That's why I'm standing here this morning. Amen. I ran from him. I didn't want nothing to do with this. Do you know, you know the things I could do on a Sunday and a Wednesday? Besides sitting in a building with a bunch of hypocrites? Come on, we all are. And this is... Church is the biggest broken down community without help that I've ever seen in my life. That's why we can't get people to go to church. Because they see how you act and they've been taught. It's all this familiarity thing. So let me get back to that before I get on a soapbox. I met him there at that altar. 
And because there was such a desire that, that welled up in me, I wanted more. See, you got to understand, I went to church from the time I was a baby. She'll testify. Eight months old. Never missed a day in church as long as my mom had something to do with it. So I knew the word. I knew the laws. I knew the rules. I knew the do's and the don'ts. I knew the how's and the how nots. I was there. But there was something about that that didn't take me to the place that that one specific day took me. I didn't have someone tell me, come here and pray after me, repeat after me, so that you get saved the same way I get saved. I didn't have that at that moment. It was, some, it was a heart-to-heart moment with me and God and nobody else. And he changed my life forever because the desire of him was greater than my need for him. But I learned over time to not try and repeat history. We we serve a God that is beyond any measure. You agree to that? We we serve a God that is all-powerful, all-knowing, He can be here in my situation and in your situation tomorrow and never leave heaven today. But do you understand how powerful your will is? Do you not understand that if you aren't careful, you can minimize the power of God in your life? God, okay, I'm going to say something. Don't, don't judge me. I need you to listen to me. Don't judge me. You limit how big God is in your life. By your places of familiarity. See, if you only think the only way to come to Jesus is walk, the, walk the, the aisle of shame. You ever had to walk that aisle of shame? I hated that. I had to do it a couple times. Never stuck, but I had to walk. And everybody in the church went. And you know going down, you're like, man, these people, here they go again. God, I really want to meet you, but, but we go down with a hardened heart because we mad at the other people, the self-righteous ones. That looked at us with their holy garbs. You ever been? I'm sure you've seen them. Got their white garbs and their pretty halos. And they just look at you going, hmm. I wonder if it's going to stick this time. No. (laughs) We keep reverting back to what we're comfortable with. And what we're familiar with. When we need Jesus, and I'm here to tell you this morning that you're going to continuously come up empty.
Jesus don't want to show you today who he was yesterday. Because, see, you need to see Jesus differently today than you saw him. Oh, maybe we get like Mary. And Mary run up and don't even recognize the man that she's been beside for three years. And cleave to him when he spoke. Because she went, that's the voice I remember. And he said, don't cleave to me. For I've yet gone to be glorified. Oh, this is what Jesus was saying. Listen, follow. Jesus was telling her, everything that you experienced here, if you will let go and open yourself up to new, I'll show you worlds you've never seen. But we want to keep going to the same grave. Okay. See, I've got to get... Y'all make me do this. Y'all make me get right in your soup bowl. You make me do it. Maybe... Maybe it's a doctrine that you're used to. Uh Uh-oh, now now pastor's getting getting nosy. No, I'm coming in the kitchen without an invitation. (laughs) See, some were raised certain ways. Some Catholic, some Protestant, some Methodist, some Baptist, some Judaism. There's many of you in here. And because of what you're used to, because of what you're familiar with, you come in here and think, I've totally lost my mind. I have. I'll just help you. See, I know I have to be out of my mind to be in the mind of Christ. I know I've got to be out of mine so that I can be in his. Because if you're in yours and try to get in his, it ain't going to fit. Because he don't make no sense. He requires you to walk by faith, not by sight. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a Bible. Okay, come on. All right. Permission to offend. Permission granted. I heard it. All I need is one. <laughs> maybe it's the good old timey gospel. The KJV. And there ain't no other Bible. And if someone was to ever preach out, it's blasphemy. I can't believe you use the NIV. Don't you know they delete scripture? So instead of arguing, saying, don't you know that the the KJV was manipulated for Roman Empire? But never mind, I'm not going to get all into that. It was for the government purposes. It wasn't for your purpose with the relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh, never mind. Stop. But it does, to me, I don't care. Read your NIV. I've got an RDM version. You just didn't know it, did you? You get it when you come to church. You get it all the time. The RDM version. I give it to you all the time. I just break it down the way I can understand it, and I give it to you. Maybe it was a a certain church. Maybe it was a certain denomination that's got you. 
See, you can't experience God at this level because you're still hung up in the level of familiarity. And, well, in my church, we didn't do that. We keep going back to empty tombs looking for a God that's not there. See, some of us turn to ways like it's the laws, it's the do's and the don'ts. If, if you're smoking a cigarette, surely you're going to hell. If you drink a beer, surely you're going to go to hell. If you do, surely, if you wear, if you wear pants with holes in them, surely you're going to hell. If you come to church with sandals and shorts on, surely you're going to Can I tell you something? There was a verse that set me free when Jesus said, It's not what goes in the mouth of man. That defiles him. So don't talk about if I want to preach in blue jeans, I'm going to preach in blue. If you don't like it, tough. If I want to preach in my Harley shirt with my Harley boots, tough. Take it up with him when you get there. But can I, can I beg of you? Don't allow the appearance of man to distract the love of God. But how many of you have gone looking for something? From Jesus because you experienced a certain thing in your childhood at a certain place with a certain desire. And that's exactly where you think that now that's where he wants to meet you. And the whole time he's always trying to take us from faith to faith and glory to glory. And without being able to cause us to come out of where we are and step up to another level. He can't show you what he really wants to show you. All he can show you is what you're willing to accept. I don't believe in speaking in tongues. Okay, fine, don't. Does that mean you're going to go to hell? Nope. I'm not going to. See, boy, there's all kinds of indoctrinations out there. If you don't speak in tongues, you ain't going to heaven because you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. What scripture did you get that from? <laughs> now, is it a good thing? Oh, it's an awesome thing. Because the Holy Spirit's what gives us power. He said, it's not by might nor by power, but it's by his spirit. Yes. See, I want to be baptized by Jesus in the Holy Spirit. That's the only way you can get that done. We'll talk later. <laughs> I like it when you sit on the front row. I love it when people get on the front row. You people sit in the back all the time. Y'all just go to sleep on me. I know you do. I'm watching. <laughs> sit up, girl. You're sleeping. How many times have you gone back to that place? Only to come up empty. See, you're looking for joy. You're looking for peace. You're looking for happiness. You're looking for, for hope. But you're looking for them in places that are dead. Can I tell you, if we're not looking for those things in Jesus, you're going to come up empty. He was the one that said, oh, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He, he didn't say your job or your finances or your church or your denomination or your Bible or your dress code. I'm trying to help you. Because, see, we can come to church 
every Sunday, every Wednesday, every time the doors are open, and we can have fellowship with one another and still go home empty. I wonder if there was a, ever a statistic that could ever be found on how many people have left a church service and went home and committed suicide. Because they went with an expectation to find something and the church set them up in their younger years for failure. I refuse to teach an ignorant congregation. I want you to know that there's liberty in him. There is freedom in him. There is a hope in him. Not, not in your church, not in your Bible, not in your do's and your don'ts. It's in Him and Him alone. We are saved by grace through faith. Amen. Period. There is no ad. The moment that you go, now I have to tithe. You've lost it. You mean I've lost salvation? You've taken God's blood and you said, well, that was good and all. But let me help. All oh, the moment you put yourself in it. The moment you put yourself in it, you die. Some of you ought to be sitting here being very thankful and grateful that it's not up to you to get to heaven. Because you know how wretched you are. You know how much of a sinner you are. You know how much that you're living in sin. You know how much you're walking in sin. You know how much you adopted sin. That you've married to sin. You already, you know and you ought to sit back right now. And just give God a big thank you in your heart. That it was for him. And him alone. Throw the shoe. See, y'all come to the wrong church, didn't you? I'm going to break y'all. It's, it's, like, it's like an old rowdy mule. You just got to break him sometime. You, I remember a story my dad used to tell me about granddaddy that walked around his donkey that did not want to move. Or his, and he's back there. He's trying to plow stuff over pulling wood. I, I pull him wood. He was trying to pull wood out of a holler. And he wouldn't move, Dennis. Dad said, Granddad walked around, grabbed two by four, and bust him right across the bridge. And, Wah! and he said, that mule took him on to the house. I might not be so aggressive. I might think it. But I might not be so aggressive. Are y'all following me this morning? Are you understanding what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to get past to you? Because I... I really don't want you to leave today just like it's been any other old Easter service. Where you've gone home and you sit in your chair and you feel empty. See, you're going to have to come away from where you once were. God's trying to take you to a different spot. See, you, you need a different portion of God today than you needed yesterday. Amen. That's true. 
I think we, we limit God by how much we, how big we think he is. Because you don't really know how big he is until you start understanding why the angels are singing and have been for eternity and through eternity. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. You know the reason they're doing that? It's because God took a little turn. And they've seen another dimension that they hadn't seen. Every time they circle the tomb, or every time they circle the throne, they see another part, and they go, wow, holy, holy, holy. And when you think they're tired, they look over, and there's something, and it's holy, holy, holy. That's what he's trying to do with his church. He wants his church to see him in a way, (laughs) but we're tired. To these old empty tombs that we keep running to in the hopes that we find Jesus in the light in which we need him and just like Mary you're going to get there and not even recognize him because that's not where he wants you to see him at that's, right. that's not how he wants you to see him see there's a difference of seeing him as savior and there's another thing of seeing him as lord A lot of people want to dance or play in the Savior thing. They won't even give to that. And if God ever come up and followed up with them and said, I want to be your Lord, they go, well, what all does that consist of? And he says, your life. And you go, whew, well... Let me get back to you. Because <laughs> there's, there's this one thing that I really enjoy doing in my life, and I don't want nobody to take it from me, even. That's right. Come on. God. Come on. Don't, y'all, don't do it to me. You know, you know me well enough to know that I'll run over top of a chair to get in your face and tell you that you're lying. It'll happen. Listen, we, I don't know that we'll ever perfect this thing of lordship in our life. Because we really don't. We really, we really, we don't want it. I mean, after all, I like doing what I'm doing. And it don't, listen, it don't even, let me help you, because I know you just got mad. It's not that you're doing sin. How many, how many, it doesn't take you to do sin to defile or to reject his lordship. But when what you're doing replaces him. There's your sin. If you come to me and you say, I miss church, or I miss whatever. I I don't even like to say I miss church, because I don't really care. But the moment that you will replace the good works 
with the righteous, holy works of Jesus Christ on the cross. You've committed idolatry. You've put something else before the Lord. People, we, we think it's just, well, it's just as easy as, Father, forgive me of my sins, and I'm sorry, and, and I'll, go, I'll do better. How many of you have done better? I'll, I'll do, no, you ain't. You ain't done no better today than what you done when you first met him. Because there's certain things in your life you refuse to have, let him have a hold to. Okay, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be alcoholism. Can I get your shoe? Smack, smack. It doesn't have to be alcoholism. I love this church. I do, because we just, I don't care. It ain't got to be alcoholism that, that takes us away from God. It don't, it don't have to be any of that. It doesn't have to be our drugs. It doesn't have to be our hormonging. He put that out in church. Yes, I did. It don't have to be our homosexuality. Now pastor's really going over the line. For some of you. It can be a good work. You can go feed the homeless. There's nothing wrong with that. But the moment that you say you're too busy... To have a relationship with Jesus because you're feeding homeless, you are in error. His desire is that you worship him. Okay. I wrote this little note. I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you a tidbit and we're done. Okay. Much of the struggle in our relationship with him is that we settle for the place of familiarity. If things change, we become uncertain or unstable. Anybody in here love change? Well, I just can't wait for things to change tomorrow. See, where there is risk involved, he knows that our dependency and our trust has to lean towards him. What's more risky than change? Miss Linda, I bet there was a time that you walked out of this church and you looked at Uncle Charlie and you said, that dude's a little edgy. I'm not so sure. I want to push you. Not out. I just want to push you. I want to push you to grow. I want, I want to push you to the point that you go, you know what? I have tried everything. And I still come up empty. Maybe he's got something. Maybe he's on to a thing. I wonder if I give my life to Christ. Oh, it's not going to be pretty. Because if you're living in sin now, let me help you again. When you accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, your spirit is instantaneously saved. 
That means your spirit will go to heaven if you die. Your body, that thing don't have a whole lot of hope until the end. Because he said, then you get the new body. Then your body becomes glorified. But in the meantime, our flesh, our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions are being saved. That means there's no instantaneous work that takes place. This is why the Bible says renew your mind daily. Die to self daily. This is, this is why it's all in there. This is all elementary teaching. But if I give up now, it doesn't mean when I go home, I won't want to do what I was doing. Matter of fact, it might heighten. Well, pastor, don't it all go away? Nope. You want to know why it don't all go away? Because you've sowed a seed. And the Bible says, as long as this earth shall endure seed time and harvest. So whatever seed you planted, you're going to get a harvest from that seed. Good, bad, or indifferent. Now, this is the great part. Because I believe in God's grace and I so desperately lean and walk in his grace. Because I know that there were some seeds that I planted, Charlie, that that harvest would have been some rotten fruit, brother. Bad. But what he done, he stepped in with grace. Oh, I still had repercussions. Maybe they weren't as drastic as they should have been. That's God's grace. Well, if you can't get excited about God's grace, I can't even preach to you because you, that's the only reason you're setting where you're setting. The Bible says there ain't none of you. Watch this. This gets me twisted. The Bible says there ain't one of you good. Nope. Not one. They love it when you preach like that. They, love, they, just, they just suck it right on in. They really don't. Y'all okay? Y'all not going to leave mad at me today, are you? <laughs> this is what God wants. He wants us trusting in him and relying on him. That means we have to change the way we see him. He's not going to change who he is. He only reveals the change to you. Because he's the same. Let me read this to you and then I'm closing. I believe God would have me say this to you this morning. You listen. To stop going back to yesterday where you once knew him and learn to know him in your today. His plan for you is not to continue to keep coming up empty, but to be filled daily with his love and peace. To experience his mercy and his grace on different areas in your life. 
to witness his sovereignty and his loyalty to his word. It was love that brought him here. Y'all remember that, right? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever, do you, can you look at yourself and say, I'm the whosoever. For whosoever should believe on him would have life. It was love that brought him here. It was love that drove him to his death. You understand that? He loved you so much that he came from glory to die for you. So that you would have eternal life. Now see, let me, let me help some of you. Because some of you think that eternal life is only with him. Well, eternal is. You're going to live eternally. <laughs> whether with him. Or whether in hell. You will live eternally. But there's a difference between the eternal life with him and eternal death and destruction without him. Don't, don't let today go by you and you say, well, I've got time. I've buried seven-month-old babies. You don't have time. Time actually, is not your friend. You have no control of it. You can't stop it. Oh, we've tried turning it back and springing it forward. But you have no control over time. Don't you dare step on these words and walk away from an invitation that God wants with you. This relationship that the disciples so desperately desired. He wants that same relationship with you. He wants to show you time and time and time and time again of his miracles, of his goodness. Don't think you have it all in control. You're not too young to die. You're not too old to die. And you're not just going to die. You're going to die. It was love that drove him to his death and love that brought him up from the grave. You know, if he would have just died and been buried and his body would have been there, he would have been no different than Allah and Buddha and Confucius. And There's only one empty grave in this world. And that's his. And it was because of the love that he had for you that he rose. All that you and I could experience and recognize his love. This is why he done it. 
This is why he done everything that he done. He stepped out of glory, put on this weakened flesh, went to a cross, died for you and rose again, all so you and I could experience and recognize his love. And that we could take that love and share it with one another. You tired of coming up empty? Man, we have an exciting day today. And we lay our head on a pillow tonight. And we're empty. We went to bed full. And we woke up empty. All because of the dreams that we chase, not the relationship. See, we, we feel or we attempt to fill voids in our life with physical relationships. We, oh, and I've done this. I've tried to drown them with the alcohol because my emotions run worse than yours. Ever thought of running sometime. Girl, we was running a close race. <laughs> I mean, it was up and down all the time. It just, that's not the life that God intends for us. It, are there going to be ups and downs? Sure there's going to be ups and downs. But can I tell you, you're going to be as full when you're down as you are when you're up, as long as you know who he is. Amen. Don't walk away from him again today. Take time to realize that you're not in charge. That you ain't got it all together. You're still as tore up today as you were yesterday. And without his grace and his love for you, you'll be tore up tomorrow too. Give you a, I'll give you a sense of hope, didn't I, for tomorrow? I'll be tore up again tomorrow. Thanks, Pastor. Appreciate you. <laughs> give it to God. You'll be fine. Y'all okay? Can you leave and be happy? I don't care if you can or not. Let's stand. <laughs>